well, 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 Chandler, hola. <laughs> we are coming to you from the stunning shores of Cabo San Lucas, Los Cabos, as it's known here. If you're hearing um, the sound of beach waves in the background, that's because there are indeed beach waves right outside our window. Those are real. That's not a sound machine. Um, that's real, baby. Yeah, that is not an iPad. Sorry, folks. Sorry to tell you. Um, we are on the trip of not a lifetime, but many lifetimes. Many lifetimes. Maybe the greatest trip I've ever been on, Lauren's ever been on, um, our parents have ever been on, our generations back. Like This is the trip of our Bledsoe family bloodline lifetime. It's true. Sorry about it, y'all. Sorry about it to our ancestors and to our um, progeny. Is that the word? I'm not sure. We're ensconced. We are ensconced on this epic trip. And so in true pop apologist fashion, bitches, we're not working hard here. We are we are coming to you with a quick, hot and dirty episode, a micro episode, um, because we want to savor as much of this trip as possible. I'm on PTO, in case you haven't heard, so the idea of working right now on side hustles or real hustles is is not happening. Exactly. So, absolutely not. So sorry if this episode is a little short, y'all, but we do want to get back up to the gang. We've got a few topics we want to get into. Um, we're not going to go too hard because you know we're in vacation mode but we had to get on here for just a little bit and talk about a few different things so absolutely um first thing is and this might be a little bit of a snooze but I really want to talk about my new book with you this longevity book I'm reading are you excited to hear about it I'm very excited to hear about it because I anticipated Lauren would finish the book on this trip and I could I could start it um it doesn't look like it's gonna happen she's only three quarters of the way through and moving at a snail's pace. So anyways, I'm dying to hear about it because at this rate, I'm not, never going to be able to read it. Well, here's the thing. So, and you know, I'm too cheap to order for myself on Amazon. That's right. Although you could just Amazon rental it. Um, if you haven't, if you don't know, Amazon rental is when you buy something and then you utilize the product, like buying a book and then reading it and then you return it. You know, what makes me feel like an alive girl, Lauren. What? Amazon rentals. Yeah. When that money hits your debit card, that credit, you know, that merchant notification, I'm sliding off my seat. So I actually have a little Amazon titty bitty to tell you. Um, no, I'm not derailing. I'm giving a quick aside regarding Amazon related, but unrelated. Um, so this trip was last minute um, for Lauren and I. And we're so happy to be here. But I did not have really any cute new suitable bikinis. And this was devastating to me. I took, you know, a cold look inside my closet and found that everything was just, you know, had been worn. And so I had to scramble to find some new swimwear. Um, Funny thing, guys, in December in Manhattan, there are actually no bikinis to be found um, on the entire island. New York is completely, you know, sold out. It's it's now beanies and gloves where bikinis used to be at H&M. I went to several different stores. And anyways, so um, Mama had to uh, look to Daddy Bezos. And I ordered about $200 worth of Amazon bikinis that proved me, proved me right, did me in. Okay, I will validate this. 
she didn't not tell me they were Amazon and tried on a bunch of bikinis for me and five out of six were darling like super cute I thought you were gonna say like five stars out of like 10 or something five out of six stars um so anyways I just I, I, you know, I struggle with what version of high-low I should share with my life because most of it is low, um, but I'm just going to keep it real and tell you that the bikinis were great and I will be sharing them because they uh, they were all under a cool $25. Okay, and before I dig into the Lifespan book, I actually want to continue derailing because I do want to talk about my luggage getting lost in that experience. So I touchdown in JFK on uh, fri- Friday night. I had one day before we departed on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. from Newark to, to Los Cabos. So anyway, I had one day in New York. I get there, obviously, had the dark moment where the baggage carousel stopped going. Everyone from my flight had left and my bag was nowhere in sight. I went to the baggage office. The guy tells me, um, they're still dumping bags from your flight. Go back. I go back. And I honestly feel like in that moment I was being gaslit for sure because like there's no one from my flight left. And also the carousel has stopped. There's like no one around. What do you mean? They're still dumping bags anyway. So I went back, stood in line. They don't have my bag. I'd file a missing bag report. Let me just um, interject momentarily to tell you that I get a teary phone call from Lauren where she said the worst has happened. Um, They've lost her luggage, which is, you know, unfortunate in in all circumstances, but especially in this one, because she literally was about to leave in 24 hours for another destination, an international destination. Yeah, I... I'm also um, just have a lot going on right now. And so I think it was a little bit of like the straw that broke the camel's back. But I I did start like essentially sobbing um, at the baggage office. Um, It was just I could not handle this. So basically they're like, it's probably on the next flight. You know, um, it'll, it'll probably get here this tomorrow morning and we'll deliver it to you. So I left with a glimmer of hope in my eyes and in my bosom. Um, it was not on the next flight. I called, you know, late, late that night um, and they still did not know where it was. They called the San Juan airport, yada, yada, yada. So um, the next morning, I was fairly confident that I could scrounge and get everything I needed for Cabo in New York like I was like I'm in Manhattan I have a full day I can just go shopping and you know do a few do a few rentals of my own um anyway how wrong I was um how wrong I was there are no swimsuits right now in New York and honestly like I just was not looking out at any store well and you know it's that day it ended up being kind of warm but most of the week it's been 30 degrees so all of the clothing it's bikinis aside it's all like puffers and big sweaters yeah it just it was honestly a nightmare and so I did get a notification midday that they had found my bag and were going to deliver it to me but I think I also was just like semi-panicked that it would never actually arrive that they would be like oh the driver was stopped it'll have to be delivered tomorrow and I just, I, it was just honestly like the most hellish day in New York. Cause I'm like panic buying. There's not much to get. Also, um, 
also just have like nerves the entire day that it's my bag's not going to arrive and I'm going to descend on Cabo with basically nothing to wear and no not a stitch of makeup like literally nothing yeah there was it was just such a critical time period and also they told you that they had your bag and then that window like when they were going to drop it off kept getting pushed back yes so they were supposed to drop it off at at like 4 p.m they did not actually get it to me until like close to midnight and so the whole time I'm just in this like state of purgatory like I can't be too far away from Chandler's apartment because that's where they're dropping off they're supposed to notify me I'm calling them every hour because no one's notifying me they're not coming it's late it's late I you know the whole time the guy looks like he's over two hours away on the tracker app Anyway, this story is probably so already uh, drawn out for people, but it was pretty nerve wracking. And anyway, it had a happy ending. Thankfully, I am here with all of my all of my items. Um, I did drop like twelve hundred dollars in New York yesterday, panic buying just in case they didn't get me my bag. And so we'll see what my we'll see what reimbursements I can get from JetBlue. JetBlue said that everything has to be reasonable and documented purchases. What is a reasonable purchase? Well, that's my question. It's like, well, wasn't it reasonable of me to get five new outfits for the trip I was going to in Mexico for a week? Absolutely reasonable. I mean, it's really only four days, but still, like, I, I personally feel like everything I bought was absolutely within the realm of reason. In fact, if I had not had the hope that my bag was arriving at all, if I had not even had that glimmer of hope, JetBlue would be in way deeper, hotter water right now. JetBlue would be filing for Chapter 11. Absolutely. The stock plummeting. Um, This is insider trading. So if you you know, I'm gonna probably going to submit my reimbursement request next week. So I would I recommend shorting JetBlue stock in advance. Thank you. Okay, um, so I do want to talk about this lifespan book I'm reading, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To by David Sinclair. So this guy is very legit. Let me read you his bio. Um, David Sinclair is professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School. One of the leading innovators of his generation, he has been named by Time Magazine as one of the most hundred most influential people in the world and one of the top 50 most influential people in healthcare. He's a board member of the American Federation of Aging Research and has received more than 35 awards for his research, blah, blah, blah. Okay, um, so this guy is legit. And for me, when it comes to all things wellness, I always think all of it is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo bullshit. Like whenever I see some people doing, you know, ice baths or kale juicing or any of that stuff, I'm always just rolling my eyes. Um, yeah, I feel that. I feel like the wellness industry is just um, is basically fueled by some new snake oil, you know, every 10 seconds. So I was, I was skeptical when Lauren told me she was reading this book because I feel like any, any book that claims to have the secret, I think is mostly, yeah, mumbo jumbo, as you said. Yeah. Um, and it, this book is not about like physical aging in terms of how you look. It's about physiological longevity, like actually being able to be a vibrant, healthy person. Like I remember like my, my grandma was 77 when she retired. She was a waitress and she retired at 77. And I just remember, you know, she was still going in the swimming when she retired in the pool. She was still like a totally functional person driving a car, living her life. Um, and then 
you know, like in the later part of her life, especially the last like four years, it was truly traumatic to to even like witness like how much she physically declined and lost her lost her mobility and her independence and her the you know the joy with which she lived her life and so this book is really about maintaining that vitality would we say you're really even living your life with that much joy right now is there that much joy to preserve that's a good question. Um, you know, it really depends on the day. It really depends on how many merchant refund notifications have hit my inbox. Anyway, I have learned many things from this book. And one of the key things that I've learned is that, that we are actually on the frontier of incredible, incredible anti-aging medication and you know breakthroughs in how we can live our lives in order to truly be vital for a very long time like into the hundreds yeah from what i've heard as you've been regaling us with your you know notes and takeaways this book is a book of hope um it's like obama's book of hope what was obama's book called wasn't called hope uh the audacity of hope yeah this is like it's called the audacity of hope it's true there's so many reasons to be hopeful what's super fascinating about it is a lot of the things that I thought were mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo and BS are actually legit. And that's, that is what's very, very both dark for me and revelatory. And I will, I'm just going to cut to it. The first thing that he says, um, and a key thing, and this is just like literally mind blowing as a woman who practiced the carnivore diet, uh, loves a steak, feels her most vibrant after like a stunning filet and a gorgeous chimichurri. Absolutely not. No. David Sinclair, the author of this book, recommends a plant based diet and set and truly says that like basically any meat you know, fish being the most innocuous, red meat being the worst. Um, it like does cause cancer, does cause heart disease, like absolutely is not good for you. And what's that's like kind of devastating for me because I truly love meat. And I also feel like, yes, like the morality argument of meat is so incredibly cut and dry and black and white. Like factory farming is atrocious. It's horrible. It's egregious. But I've always felt like vindicated in eating meat because I felt like this is what the human body needs. Like we're omnivores. Like this is it's the circle of life. Like play some Lion King music. Like just, you know, pull your head out of the sand. Like we are just animals and this is what it is. Like animals eat other animals. Like, you know, um, you're not going to run into a vegan in the animal kingdom. Well, I'm here to tell you that I no longer have that excuse because apparently yeah, meat causes cancer and causes aging and all these negative things. So will you be switching to a more plant-based meal set, whatever routine? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I think I'm, I don't know that I'm going to go like so strict, but I think I'm going to try to be like basically vegetarian. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My reason for eating it is gone, you know? And I do feel like I, it does make me feel like a moral responsibility. Like I don't like we were at a stunning meal last night, a gorgeous meal. I think my mentality is just going to be like when the food is already prepared and in front of you and you've had no, you know, place procuring it, then I'm going to indulge in moderation. 
but so I'm not going to be like so strict. Um, but when it comes to making my own choices, yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Buckling in. <laughs> we'll see how long this lasts. Um, also like I'm, I remember my theory that vegetables weren't good for you. Boy, do I that episode. <laughs> if you, uh, if you want to be taken on a journey, return to the unpopular opinions episode. Oh yeah. Um, I truly have been operating under the assumption that vegetables are not good for humans. Like I, I have thought it's like the biggest hoax of our time. And so the, this is an opinion I do not share. I do not think that vegetables are mumbo jumbo. I have honestly thought like, like all health, public health experts, all doctors, like for me, this is the QAnon conspiracy. Do you, do you literally think that like big celery and big carrot are just like conspiring to get us to, you know, vegetables are literally, it's such, it's such a clear truth that they are good for you. See, from my perspective as just a, a human on the earth, if I did not have you know the ability to easily clean and cook vegetables in a delicious way which if you're just a hunter gatherer like how the hell are you doing that you're what are you gonna do wipe off sand from your spinach like how are you supposed to even eat kale like on the plains you know what i mean or on or in the bush like how are you supposed to eat that shit with, without it coming in a stir-fried wok, as I say. I don't know. I don't know. But apparently... So wait, what does David Sinclair have to say about vegetables? Mother Nature is very idiosyncratic because she does intend for us to eat her dusty-ass vegetables. Um, and I, I guess it's the great miracle of our time that we've been able to transform them into such delicious... De- the delicious concoctions they are today. Yeah, he recommends like truly plant-based. And what does he say about dairy? no dairy (laughs) like are you are you are you shaking moments ago i ordered this book on amazon i'm about to cancel this order i'm not interested in this honestly um okay let me read you a few other let's move on from diet this is depressing let's move on to something you know a little bit easier sugar bread and pasta as low as possible no desserts he says his mentality is he steals tastes every now and then um also we're just on the frontier of amazing, I think, truly like medication, like anti-aging medications. Um, I I showed Chandler, I was like this photo of two rats, like one had been given medication. Let me be clear. Lauren, out of nowhere, comes at me with a large photo of two rats and goes, these rats are the same age. These rats are the same age. I'm sorry, but the, literally one had been given medication to age faster and they are the same age and one is like, completely looks so geriatric like it's ready to go into a rat rest home and like the other one looks like vibrant and like totally fuckable and so oh <laughs> my gosh you better take that out should i okay um i mean not truly i'm not actually into okay, be- let's just <laughs> change course okay um anyway and also cold therapy is apparently legit so like basically the key thing and the takeaway that I have from reading this book is like you want to put your body into a state as much as possible of like turning on survival 
jeans. So you want your body to get cold and uncomfortable and to think that, you know, it might perish. You want your body to go into a state where it has to activate survival genes. And you can do that by intermittent fasting. You can do that by calorie restriction. You can do that by, um, by cold therapy. There's a lots of ways you can kind of do that. And as long as you, of course, you know, aren't malnourished, you don't actually like get frostbite, you don't put yourself in true physical danger, like you just kind of take yourself to the edge, all of those therapies, they actually do amazing things to increase longevity. (sighs) So every time I'm at Equinox, I am encouraged by Ben to go in the cold plunge pool. And I think I've worked up to maybe doing a solid 30 seconds maybe but I hate it every time it is literally the most uncomfortable I am I'm ever like I'm never more uncomfortable than that moment um and I don't like hearing this I there's nothing I hate more than the cold I tried in the shower yesterday not even to have cold water just for like 30 seconds to have tepid water and my entire I just I revolted from the experience it was terrible Okay. Anyway, so I highly recommend it, you guys. It's called Lifespan by David Sinclair. If you want to live well into your hundreds and be as and be hot for as long as possible, he does talk a. It's there's a little bit of stuff on physical stuff. Um, highly recommend. Okay, let's get into more things happening. You guys, we got the amazing news that our dear Kimberly Kardashian has passed the baby bar yesterday we were all enjoying a beautiful beach experience and i yelped when i logged on to instagram and saw the news that kim passed the bar i immediately exclaimed kim passed the bar and wyatt was like kim who kim kim who okay so kim has passed after three failed attempts and i personally just am so incredibly impressed. If I was Kim Kardashian, I would just be like enjoying my riches. There's not a chance in hell I would be trying to become an attorney. Um, So it's truly, truly so impressive. And also like after failing three times, I would have definitely given up. So I just am personally extremely impressed that she has persevered in this way. Absolutely. She is a testament to... Um, like Lauren said, perseverance. She also like, I just think it's really remarkable that she's really pushing on with this, like, I don't know, this feat to be a lawyer and to do all those things. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, nothing but the utmost respect. Meanwhile, Kanye is just like making a damn fool of himself, you know, constantly at concerts saying, I need Kim back. Like this woman can't be stopped. And I have lots of respect. Another item I really want to talk about with you is the New Yorker profile of Jeremy Strong. So, have you read it? So, I'm just going to recap the article for people. Um, Jeremy Strong plays Kendall Roy in Succession, um, and he is an incredible actor. And the article is basically just all about like his intensity and he's basically like a he is the same type of actor as like a Daniel Day-Lewis like extremely committed takes it gravely seriously um practices method acting like like is just a really really 
um, very smart, very intense person and bear, and a person committed to his craft. The New Yorker profile essentially um, takes all of that, takes that attitude and that approach and completely mocks him and belittles him and makes it seem like he's a complete lunatic and like Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, fanboy and it's just so embarrassing. Um, and I, yeah, I want to chat with you about it because... I read it and the article really made me upset. Um, that is upsetting to hear because I think as someone who's caught up in succession, I actually just finished the finale episode this morning. Um, his The Kendall of character is already a character you just pity so much and just like feel um, just, I, I don't know. I always, when after his scenes, I always feel very dark and just like sad for this character, this fictitious character. Um, and so I think that the idea that he's so good at acting that he literally like, it literally evokes such a reaction out of me. And that the fact that someone is now weaponizing his immense talent, it's just kind of like a bummer. Like, I don't know, screw you, New Yorker. Here's my feeling. I personally just feel like we have like, like, I'll just say one more thing. Like, he's an artist. He's an actor, and that's a version of artistry. And this is his craft. And t- so to like belittle that, or to, I-, I don't know. It's just it's kind of like gross. I personally really respect people who are like deeply committed to any sort of art. I think it's a beautiful, extremely rare characteristic. And I think it's just so easy to make fun of those kinds of people and to trivialize their pursuits because they do take things really seriously and they do take life really seriously. And I don't know, I find like, do we all need to just be like jaded, casual, like people who don't really like I think that's a beautiful thing there's so few people that dedicate themselves entirely to an art to a craft and I find the impetus to belittle those people essentially an instinctual just like mean girl attitude especially when I'm sure this writer and and let people like them are going to gobble up the next season like who enjoy the fruits of their labor a hundred percent. I also think like, I also think 100% dedicating yourself to a life of like pursuing an art and a craft in general requires you to um, sacrifice a lot of material comforts in order to give the world beauty. And I think we need more people like that in the world. I don't think we need more investment bankers, more attorneys. You know, we need more people committed to committed to art, committing to be to creating beauty. Um, and I just, I, I would like to like honor those people. Um, we do actually need one more lawyer, and her name is Kimberly Kardashian. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, as someone who's in corporate America, we don't need anybody else. Please don't come to corporate America. Um, I think the other thing that I'll say is that Jeremy Strong's career has really like, he's been in a bunch of odd movies that I didn't even, or shows that I didn't even realize that I'd seen. Um, and so this is like literally his, I think succession is his big break. And it just kind of, it just makes me sad that it, that it would be painted in this light that he's like a fool in this like 
you know, in this wildly successful show. Yeah, it just, it's a real bummer of an article. And I I stand Jeremy Strong and I stand artists and people that are trying to, you know, um, like not spend their time watching stupid reality television and then recapping celebrity gossip and essentially living like trivial lives. Like I actually honor people who quote Hamlet and who like read great works of literature, even in 2021 and quote them. I revere that kind of mentality and attitude because I wish I was that type of person. I'm just not like, I mean, you were at one point, you just have fallen quite far from it. (laughs) I think honestly, like I did try. Um, I did really try to be a poet in my early 20s. And that was something I think this is probably why it's like so irritating to me. I went kind of into that mode. That was a mode that I the life of like the art of an artist and contributing to like the canon of literature was something that I was interested in everyone's rolling their eyes um and it was honestly too hard like it was just too hard like there were so little financial rewards life was so hard pursuing that path and there were so little just like rewards in general like it was so difficult to commit myself to um a craft that essentially inspired either ridicule um or nothing like great poets of our time like they're essentially nobodies like no one even knows who they are unless you're in the literary community and so the stakes are so low and you have to give so much and I just I I was interested in a more like convenient life um and so I think I just look up to and and revere people who are uh, stronger willed than me and more dedicated and lucky for us truly lucky for us that you that you left the world of artistry behind and I as someone who <laughs> like you were an artisan, you were making craft bread. Um, so anyway, we do want to get back to the trip. We are on Angie Harrington's 40th birthday bash trip to Cabo with Heather Gay, Whitney Rose of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Sarah Jane Warner. We are not worthy. We are truly not worthy. Um, also, we feel like out of respect for the fact that we are just, you know, freeloaders here enjoying. Um, we don't necessarily want to be journalists also. Um, so we are going to recap the trip, but we're going to recap it on the Patreon with a very, very small audience. Um, just out of respect for, I feel like it's nicer to everyone's privacy. Um, we have nothing but positive things to say. But I also feel like still I want to, you know, keep that on the Patreon. Yeah, it's a private trip and it's a private Patreon. So if you want to sign up, um, go to the link in our show notes and we'll probably drop that episode sometime next week. Um, It'll be next week's Patreon and get ready for that, baby. Get ready. All right. Love you all. We will see you next week. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like, 
What happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.